This is the voice authority. Hey, pod pals, welcome to the Voice Authority podcast, podcast number two. Um, your co hosts here today are Craig Pugsley, me from Studio Flow, and we've got Bob all the way from the US. Hey, Bob. Hey, greetings, everyone. Hey, Craig. How's it going, Bob? You're right. It's an amazing day out here. Thanks for asking. We have a massively, massively packed show uh, for people uh, today. We want to just head it up by saying, just giving you guys a sense of why you should be listening. So why, why should they be listening to us, Bob? What can we offer that other people can't? You know, that's a great question. What the Voice Authority brings is a lot of the freshest news stories in the voice industry and experts telling you why this is important and shining a light what we think is on the future of voice. Uh, so you can expect high quality information. We're going to have some really uh, prominent voice industry guests on the show. and We're just going to make it fun. And uh, thanks for the chance to share it with everybody. Yeah, and I don't think there's um there's a podcast that's quite like this out there, right? So you and I both run uh you know agencies that are specializing in these new platforms, in these new voice platforms, right? Obviously with my accent, I run one in the UK, you run um Voice XP in the US. Um and I think, you know, getting our industry kind of insight and experience is what is really unique about these podcasts. So I think that's why you should listen. That's right. We're both serving two different uh demographics and continents, and it's really great to just see what's working and what people are interested in in uh in all these different territories because voice keeping it a bit yeah this is it right keeping it free and loose at the same time so we've got stories covering across the board um this uh, this podcast this month we've got a story um, on alexa about um them using professional newscaster as to create interesting um voices uh, we've got amazon opening up their blueprints program um we've got the um, effectors speech-based emotion detection api that we're going to talk about and how that's kind of revolutionizing how people are going to be using um uh, you know building emotional content into their voice experiences we're going to talk about hq's new google assistant game um and we're also going to talk about the um creating personalities for your voice assistants and why that's really important um, we're going to talk about apple acquiring pull string which is probably one of the biggest pieces of news over the last couple of weeks um we're going to talk about all of samsung's new developments i mean it's going to be a pack show right we're going to have to crack on with this thing cool okay so uh should we take the first news story then we're going to talk about um alexa uh, getting a professional newscaster's voice so did you see this story coming up in the news uh, bob recently yeah sure did and i think it's important because uh, it allows users to get a response in a voice that's really similar to how a professional newscaster delivers information and news. And, you know, it's great because the neural text-to-speech technology behind this is able to, you know, detect the emphasis and, and using the right words and the speech patterns and the sentences to, to make it a better experience, you know, so it's not just a robot sound. Uh, it's more authentic, like a newscaster would read. Uh, what are you thinking, Craig? I, you know, for me, coming from a design perspective, you know, this is kind of what I major in. This is absolutely the next wave of where these voice assist- assistants need to be going. I'm just going to play in a little clip here of the difference between the standard Alexa voice and this new newscaster version. So take a listen to this. With two blockbuster British royal weddings this year and an enduring fascination with the Brits, 
American brides craving a regal look with personal twists can find plenty of inspiration. With two blockbuster British royal weddings this year and an enduring fascination with the Brits, American brides craving a regal look with personal twists can find plenty of inspiration. While royal wedding fashion will have an influence on bridal trends in the United States, American brides are continually looking for ways to personalize their wedding to reflect their own style. So there you go, right? You can really see the difference between the two voices or hear the difference between the two voices there. Amazon done a lot of work on this and they've actually taken newscasters and the way that their intonation works and they've been cutting that into the, the way that the phonemes, the kind of individual parts of speech are being represented and blended into each other because, you know, newscasters specifically have a very unique way of talking. And because of that, users wanting to listen to news content are going to be expecting that very unique way of having that content presented to them. So it's classic piece of design, really. You make something that's going to fit a user expectation or what they call mental model in the user. Um, so this this makes perfect sense. And I think it's a fascinating little piece of um, what started as research in, in Amazon's Alexa team and now coming into a product, um, to, you know, and going out to real users. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, and I think it, it opens up a whole new area of for the next generation of voice experiences where we really need to be thinking more about the personality of the, the voice at the end of the line that we're creating for users, even if it is completely synthetic, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it makes it a much better uh, branded experience and it's more authentic. Um, I know that this opens up conversation around Amazon Polly and the different uh, languages and voices that you can have. And, you know, we implement... Um, different uh, voices for our customers um, to make it a more authentic experience. You know, a good example is using Enrique, which is a custom poly voice. It's a, a Spanish speaking male um, yeah. speaking Spanish. So it just, it sounds more real, but where I think this is going to go next very quickly is how brands are going to record their own um, poly voices or their, you know, mm -hmm. their, Instead of having Alexa, it's your spokesperson. And, um, you know, that, that capability is there to work with Amazon and other the, the other voice providers to do that. I think it's going to be a race to see which brand rolls their voice out first. Yeah. Um, and if yeah. you think about it, to kind of wrap that this up, why this is important is because Alexa is the spokesperson for so many competing brands right now. Um, you know, I've seen other Alexa champions point out that you can start the Pizza Hut and Domino's skill. And both of those are, are huge rivals here. And they both have Alexa giving their product information. Um, so therefore, you know, it's the use people to include recorded audio, but then taking it to the next level uh, and investing a lot to have your own your own brand's poly voice so that it's native to those devices so that you can also include that, uh, the markdown to have that emphasis in the AI so that it speaks naturally. And that's what Amazon's been deploying with that professional newscaster. 
it's a really interesting new area yeah and it's it's something you know from our perspective from a voice design perspective that we spend a lot of time working on um with with our customers taking their brands distilling it into what that personality should be and then um this you know custom voices and this new type of intonation that amazon are offering gives us a new string to our bow you know we we can create really really wonderfully customized and bespoke experiences it's actually something that we've started offering as well custom brand voices working with a team in san francisco so we're calling it your voice and it's the it's that process of translating a brand's design guidelines effectively the brand tone of voice using a voice actor to record a load of samples that are um you know aligned to what the the kind of consumer would say and then we create a model of that of that voice actor synthesized version of that voice actor that then can be used to speak um because capturing that brand space is super important for people right now right now when the industry is still starting out as well um you know you've got to have mindshare and you've you know how many billions of dollars right that these big companies spend i mean imagine how much coke spends majority of its spend is on you know pr to make sure that it maintains its number one position around the world it's selling sugary water right like it is a brand driven organization and the amount that they spend on keeping that top position uh, means that they've got absolutely should be considering something like this for what they're doing um yeah really really interesting topic um could talk about it forever but i think we need to move on um so our next story um sticking on the topic of amazon is going to be um amazon opening up blueprints um so yeah tell us about this one bob yeah blueprints are really exciting they make it um easy for anybody with no experience to deploy some really basic alexa skills from templates essentially and blueprints isn't new It, it initially came out of april last year so you know Mm. close to a year um but it allows you to easily customize responses and questions and create quizzes and you know things for babysitters and pet sitters um but it's a really big step forward um it used to be that you could create these blueprints and share them um with friends and now they've made it uh so that you can publish them to the alexa skill store so really, people can still create their own blueprints and share them with people, and, and then they get published. And I'm sure people are thinking, is this a good business model? But And I don't think it is. I think it's, e- it's another easy way for people to create a simple voice experience, but there's some limitations with it that I'll get to in a minute. Uh, but in a, in a, I want to recap it by saying I think it's a big step forward because it's going to enable so many people to create skills easily. I question whether or not that they add value with the blueprints that they've got available. But I want to flip it over to you, Craig. What do you think? Oh, man, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, right? They, blueprints aren't uh, you know available here in the UK at the moment, certainly not this new functionality. Um, but when they do, I really struggle with this, right? Because... I know why Amazon are doing it. I think it's, and, and Google as well, and Google are just as guilty. I think they are playing the numbers game, right? They want to say we've got X number of skills in the skill store. And, you know, we've, we, last, last podcast, we were talking about how many skills there are per, per app store as well. Um, and I, but I think that is a misleading stat for various reasons, right? Because there is already a fairly long tail of not great skills and actions i think for both assistants um there are some killer ones out there um and there's an awful lot of not so killer ones out there and i think this is just going to help to make that long tail even longer um you know we we know 
obviously we're in the industry, right? A hell of a lot goes into building something that, you know, not just users want to use that meet, meets a real need, but it also keeps them coming back. Um, and bu- building something that people actually adds value to people is really hard, right? That's why not, not anyone can just release an app onto the app store and have it be really, really successful. These things are quite challenging. You've got to have experience and knowledge and skills to be able to build this thing, right? That's why we're around. So this idea that anyone can just create their own, I, I, I don't want to get really protective and and like defensive about it because it's great that this has been democratized and opened up and for the use cases that you're like you were describing there you know creating a um um something that, that you know the babysitter can ask for when they come around or you know those kind of really simple little things that are quite quite unique to you maybe your family is great why you'd want to open that up to the whole skill store though not so much so yeah i don't know man i'm i'm kind of a little bit reserved about this one well, I think it's it's it all boils down to is it the right tool for the right job? And for some people, it'll be the perfect tool for them. For folks like us and brands and marketers, I don't think it's a, it's a good fit at all. I mean, one of the and the biggest reason why is because you you really can't get statistics and metrics out of blueprints yet. Like you don't know how many people use your stuff and what they did with it yet. So, uh, but again, Amazon's invested a lot of money and great talent to create blueprints. And I'm sure they've got a product roadmap around it. Uh, And I'm I'm no doubt they'll be introducing more features to it, but for the, the, the step that they made, I think it's really good, but for, serious skill developers they're still going to shy away from it you know i'd love to hear what the audience thinks so don't be shy to send us feedback with it you you must let us know yeah do you think it's useful do you think it's something you might use yourself i'm going to make a little prediction right make, make a note of the date and time i'm gonna make a little prediction now all the other big vendors have been building their developer platforms sort of top down really they've been building these big bits of tooling that allow kind of professional developers to build stuff um and they take a bit of as a learning curve to it um but you know you've got great you know experiences like um uh, that give you the WYSIWYG tools to be able to create your own voice experiences as well. Um, but they've been fairly top down. Could this be Amazon's play? Oh, and you've also had the big vendors buying tooling agencies like Apple buying Poolstring, which we'll cover in a second. But they've been all, all very big top down, you know, big pieces of um, tooling. Could this be Amazon's play to build something bottom up? You know, a real kind of grassroots tool that lets anyone create their own voice experiences but actually gives them a really rich set of content creation um tools you know but doing it from the bottom up rather than from this big tooling down a bit like you know instagram right like when you take a picture the tools that the instagram app gives you to edit that add stuff to it you know customize um animate um are really quite rich um but they they are grassroots tools that enable anyone to be you know mass you know really great photographers i wonder if this is amazon's play in the same space i wonder if we'll see blueprints um develop into something really quite rich in the next few years interesting space i I have no doubt um i'm sure that another platform uh or third party that sits on top of the other platforms will develop the killer app blueprint that eventually amazon will build into theirs because you know let's let's be real if they see traction with something um they build it in so that they can help uh maintain that experience in the ecosystem but i gotta give them credit you don't see uh google or microsoft or samsung with a quick easy deployment experience 
you know? And I, I yep. think we'll see a lot more from Blueprints. I'm, I'm excited about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, cool, man. All right, that's good. Um, all right, our next story then, should we move on? So uh, we're going to talk about a f- this company called Effector and their speech-based emotion detection API. We're going to cover this really, really quickly because it gets quite technical, but I think there's some really interesting implications here. Um, so, you know, we know that Alexa uh, has been able to detect whispers for quite a while. So if you whisper to Alexa, what's the time? It will whisper it back to you because it will it will detect that you want to interact with it in a quiet way and it will re- react really quietly. And I think that's a great example of how Amazon understand their users and they know that you you know certain times where you don't want to have Alexa blaring out at you, you want it to be more sensitive to your you know family life or the situation you're in. And I think that's a great piece of user research that's led to a great little product there. Um, but this takes it a bit further. This takes it a, a stage further. So Effector is is an MIT Media Lab um, spin off company. So you know there you've already grounded in some wonderful kind of machine learning um you know hardcore machine learning expertise um and it's based on a neural network that they've created called SoundNet, which um is an awesome name i wish i thought of that um that can classify anger from a piece of audio data in as little as 1.2 seconds back in december 2017 they released what they released what they call the speech api um, and that uses um, a voice to recognize things like laughing anger and other emotions along with voice volume tone speed and pauses so it can do some really in-depth analysis of how people were speaking to the system of course that's all great data that's all really useful stuff to know how what state of mind your user is in when they're interacting with you and you know from a design perspective that's that's you would use that data to make sure that you're customizing your experience that the response that you create for a user but then you this new technology is taking it a stage further and you know making that classification time even faster, making that recognition time as little as 1.2 seconds. So really exciting stuff. And I think, again, you know, there's a quote here from uh, one of the developers saying uh, the, the significant problem in harnessing the power of deep learning networks for emotional recognition is the mismatch between the large amount of data that's required by the deep networks. And we know that's a problem for all kind of machine learned systems. You know, it's a challenge and the small size of emotionally labeled speech data sets. Now, that sounds a bit technical, but it's basically saying if you feed good data in, you get good response out. Right. And because there's a there's a lack of good data that's been emotionally tagged you know this response is someone being happy this response is it being sad it's been difficult for other people to create these apis that can recognize emotion in the past but this is so that's why this is a bit of a breakthrough um and this is an api that we can now use so i'm hoping we will see some really really concrete applications of this technology coming into the voice space really soon so yeah definitely watch this uh, this particular space it's a really interesting one how do you feel about that bob i'm not interested in it at all i'm I think it's, um, and I'm not like, eh, I choke on it because I can't even think of a cool application or use case for this. Maybe that's just my limited brain, but I don't want my Alexa device to know how I feel and then react accordingly. It's just give me the data and information I want. Um, maybe it sense like, Oh, Bob's in a bad mood. Let me turn on the mood lighting and play some of these Indian sounds, right? Like, you know, come on. I, I just that's that type of stuff doesn't really excite me. Um, I what does? I'll switch the gears. I I had a really great conversation with the executives of a voice biometric security company called PrivaKey. And what they do is essentially enable you to uh, protect your sensitive information 
that you might um, expose from your intranet or, or it's confidential. And they wrap security around it. So you have to authenticate with your phone using your thumbprint or, you know, clicking a link through a mobile app that, that was sent to your device in order to get information from Alexa. And it, it authenticates yeah. you for, you know, X number of minutes. So if uh, people are looking for neat solutions and how to secure you know, their conversation and wrap really good uh, biometric or security around it, uh, reach out to us. I'd be happy to send you some more information. That's yeah, the type that of is- excited about voice instead of Alexa knowing how I feel. Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you're saying. Um, and that is super interesting, the biometric security side of it. And I've had interesting conversations with people in the past, you know, fintech companies who want to be able to offer Alexa skills that look, give people balances. Right. Um, yeah. But like, where's do you know, what's your experience with the the way the technology is with, uh, you know, on device biometric recognition? Like, can it take that? I know the, some of the platforms are a little bit, little bit limited on getting actual audio streams to do biometric you know, analysis on. But Where's the technology on that side? Because I really want to be doing it on device. Like I want to be able to say to it, you know, ask my bank what's my what my balance is, and it says to me, okay, tell me your passcode, and I tell it my passcode, and it uses that, you know, the way I speak it as well as what I say to authenticate me. Like, do you know much about that? I do. I think we should save that for uh, the next episode. <laughs> okay, cool. Right, that's going to go on the list. So next next time we'll talk all about that. That's a, I think that's a fascinating area. Very, very quickly then, just to go back to this, because I think you're, you've got a valid point, right? I don't want Alexa knowing that I'm angry, but I think this goes a stage further. As a as a designer, I want I want that data. Right? I want to be able to conf- I want to be able to change the way that my skill, my voice experience, responds to you. If you're angry for example i'd want to prioritize sending you to customer support um you know functions i want to be able to solve the problem you've got if you're happy i might decide at that point that actually maybe i could tell you about a little promotion that we're running right like maybe if you're if you're happy when you engage you'll be more open to trying new things um and at the minute we don't have that data you know as, as skilled developers and as people want, wanting to create really compelling experiences that are more natural we don't have that data at the minute we just have to assume that everyone is very neutral when they engage with us um and and that's a shame and i think we've got a perfect opportunity to do this here um with apis like this but yeah no i totally see your point i don't want alexa knowing that i'm angry and turning the lights on putting putting the nice the sexy mood lighting on you know if it thinks i've had a bad day god that would be spooky (laughs) let's see where it goes yeah cool all right um that's fine so let's move on to our next story then did you want to take this one uh why don't you all right cool so yeah we've um this is Ah, this is fascinating. I had a little play with this and I love it. I love the experience they've created here. So this is HQ, you know, the the app that was super popular back last year, early last year, these live kind of quiz games where um, there's cash payouts for it. So everyone joins at a certain time, um, iOS and an Android based app. Um, you get a live presenter presenting you these 12 questions. They get progressively harder as they go along. Everyone knows what HQ is, right? I played it. I don't know if you've ever played it, Bob um but 
No, whenever whenever I've played it in the past, I've very quickly realised that trivia is not my area of expertise because I'll get to like question number three. Like the first question is, how many arms does a human have? Do they have two, ten, or fifty thousand? And it's like, it's okay, so the first one's super easy. But then question three, it's like, who was the? What was the name of the third person to land on the Normandy landing? And it's like, whoa, that got hard really quick. And then question number twelve, you need PhDs for it's ridiculous. Um, so I never got very far, needless to say. But the um, they've created. Obviously, they've realised that the 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 they've they've peaked a little bit with their Android and iOS app. Um, so they're looking for new interesting things to do, and they've partnered with Google here and Google Assistant to do this HQ University um, at Google Assistant action, which gives people the kind of experience the hq experience but we're through google assistant and i think there's a couple of really interesting things they've done on it actually so you get the you get the the host um scott Rogowski, i think his name is um giving you the the um you know the commentary for it when you when you engage with the skill um you've got all of the great sound a branded sound that hq use you know it's really punchy kind of electronic soundtrack so you know you're engaging with with something in the hq branded universe um and then uh, you get so Scott, the host, who would usually be asking the questions, hands off to his assistant, which is obviously the Google Assistant's voice at that point, to actually ask the questions. And I love the way that it's this kind of dynamic mix of pre-recorded, you know, heavily branded content, and then this more what has to be more dynamic, um, you know, voice, spoken when they're asking the questions spoken content as well so you're kind of in this kind of three-way conversation when you do when you use the experience and i love it i think it's a really great example of of a brand you know realizing their 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 identity on a on a new piece of technology and it's great and i got further on that quiz than i did on the on the ios version so i love it instantly so there we go how do you feel about that I think it's pretty neat. I uh, remember seeing the Jeopardy experience on Alexa a year, two, maybe ago. And to see how those types of experiences uh, have crossed platforms and evolved is amazing. And, you know, there's something to be said about Google. The recent headlines coming from voicebot.ai say that 100 million smartphones are going to have dedicated Google Assistant buttons this year. Uh, that's pretty significant. And, you know, Google's been rolling out some more, uh, updates too. the Google assistant actions now support more languages and locales, and they've got multilingual support for some languages too. So interesting way how, uh, Google's footprint and language availability are going to make, uh, you know, these different actions and experiences so much more accessible. So yeah, yeah. I the, Google Google have got really interesting strategy. We talked about it last time, actually, about their their rollout strategy as well. Like you know, usually if I read in, if coming from the UK, we're an impoverished country, right? Smaller people. We're about a year behind, I would argue, in 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 kind of voice adoption here in the UK. Um, but when I read a story about something new on Alexa, like blueprints, for example, I'm super excited. Right, and the first thing I do is try it, and it's not available in the UK yet, and it makes me sad. But when I tried, you know, I read the article about HQ University's new Google Assistant action and I go to try it and it's there and it works. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So I think it's really interesting how Google have approached this. It may have taken them a bit longer to get there and they're a bit further behind Amazon, but their strategy for international rollout is 
interesting and i think it's 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 such a such a fascinating tech war going on between the two of them right now um that uh, the industry analysts like us you know need to be watching quite closely and yeah it's all to play for really interesting That's story right. All right, should we move on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next topic, um, we're going to lead into the Apple acquires pull string, but I think a, a, a more general discussion around the state of the voice industry and the funding coming into voice. Yeah. Um, you know, I've uh, been actively seeking investment for Voice XP. I've had to meet with so many um, different VCs, angel investors, um, institutions, you know, you name it. And as a first time founder going out for investment, it's been eye opening. And I saw a recent headline from, uh, I'm not going to name them, but another voice agency that said, uh, investor money is pouring into voice. Hmm. And they did it solely on on some of these headlines, uh, and they provided some data around it. But I think they're absolutely wrong. Um, the money is dripping into voice because it's still so new. Uh, and being one of the guys out there, it feels like we're pitching people on what's the internet all over again. You know, yeah. and we have to show them what voice can do. And because yeah. it's so new, and you can't demonstrate. Um, a scale of economy ROI that a lot of people are looking for, especially if you're an agency and you don't have a product, it's really tough to get investment. Um, but what's great is the money is out there. Uh, Amazon Alexa Accelerator just announced their third cohort. Uh, what that means is if you have an idea, if you have a startup, you can apply to the Alexa Accelerator that's sponsored and run by Techstars, one of the best global startup accelerators in the world. Uh, you know, you go up to Seattle, they put money into your business, they provide mentors and surround you with successful people that have done this before, they can help you scale your business and connect you with tons of uh, priceless relationships at Amazon. Um, so if you're looking for a way to get into the voice game, just Google Alexa Accelerator. Uh, I was up in Seattle two weeks ago. I met with Aviel Ginsberg, who's the director for Techstars uh, at the University of Washington, where they have a really great um, startup accelerator campus. And that's where, uh, you know, if you get into the accelerator, that's where you're basically working for 13 weeks. And uh, they've got an amazing program. I got to give Aviel a shout out and props. This is their third year doing this. Some of the past companies, if you've probably heard of them, uh, Pulse Labs, they do testing. Jargon, which is one of their most recent ones that does language translation. Um, you know, they've they've really been able to scale these voice companies quickly because of the relationships. Um, but we see money kind of moving in. There is a recent story kind of got everybody in the voice business excited because Apple finally did something like finally. <laughs> I mean, all Apple people, like I, I, I put, I was wrong. I put my foot in my mouth. I had written Apple off, you know, yeah, like a yeah. fool because it's like they have enough money to buy their way into anything right now. Yeah. Exactly, and Apple right. acquired pull string. Uh, the, some of the headlines read, you know, hundred million dollars, but what we heard was it was closer to 30 million yeah. and a lot of the money went to the executives and, 
they hadn't had a ton of revenue, but they had a really good product that had been sold into the enterprise space and they had traction. Um, Craig, what do you want to you know get into about Apple acquiring Pullstring? I'm going to catch my breath. I, j- just on that accelerator stuff, I think that is super interesting right now. And you look at the landscape of who's invested in what and Amazon through whether it's through the Alexa accelerator or not, I'm not sure. But if you look at the companies they've invested in, they've got significant skin in the game with these startups and they're using their power for really productive purposes, doing some really mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Companies that you mentioned there are super innovative companies, even for a, a domain that's as innovative as ours. Um, they are really innovative inside that as well. So, yeah, I, it's a really, really great um, program. And it's the, 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 this new cohort is very, very exciting. So, yeah, if anyone's out there with an idea and they want to apply, definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, I think Apple acquiring Pullstring is probably one of the biggest stories Um I would say that we've had over the last six months or so uh, in this space. And this is, this is a tech space that moves incredibly quickly and has massive, you know, players in it that are doing really interesting things all the time. But Apple is Apple, right? And regardless of whether you think, whether you like, whether you, you, you use an iOS device or whether you like the way that Apple do things, whether you like their confidentiality, they have the scale and they have form about waiting to see how a market works and then um, releasing something that just blows consumers away. Now, Siri is awful, right? Like Siri is so bad. People, it, it's become a meme, right? I mean, I still sort of struggle, um, and I'm sure you do as well, when you're pitching into clients why they should create a voice experience. Because in everyone's head, they, assume, they associate voice with Siri and their really poor experience, bad recognition accuracy, really lacked, you know, low, um, really limited domain that they can ask it for, you know, that, oh, let me open your iPhone to for me to show you a web page about that. Whenever you do any kind of voice search, you know, it's super limited. It's okay for creating appointments. It's okay for sending a text message. It's not okay for pretty much anything else. And, you know, Google and Amazon have both stolen the march on that. Um, But this is classic Apple. They've been waiting in the wings. They're watching to see what's going on. and they've they've done some tentative steps. Obviously, they last year or the year before they had Siri shortcuts that they announced. So they had there were like eleven or twelve different domains that you could build a Siri extension into. Um, you know, food ordering, taxi ordering, that kind of stuff. But it was very limited. It wasn't as open as as Google or Amazon's uh, platforms. Um, and then they announced Siri shortcuts, and that was a way for you to effectively deep link into your app. So you could create a Siri shortcut that allowed you to say, you know, hey, Carrot, Carrot Weather is an app I use on iOS a lot. Hey, Carrot Weather, what's the, you know, Siri, ask Carrot, what's the weather in Bristol, United Kingdom? And that would be, that would, Siri would deep link into the Carrot app to give you the weather. But that's not full um, skill store, you know, that's not a full range of creating intents that that um, you can that can open up Siri like Amazon, like Alexa or Google Assistant is. So, long story short, Apple acquiring Pullstring is, I think, a really clear indicator that Apple have decided they are going to move into this space and they're going to do something much more sophisticated and robust, right? Um, with, there are tooling, there are tools for other platforms. So you've got VoiceFlow for um, Alexa, which I've used in the past, and I think is a great platform, and I love the guys there. Um, they've they've created a really great WYSIWYG interface for creating a vo- voice experience, drag and drop. Um, you've got DialogFlow, obviously, for creating experiences on Google Assistant. So there's some great tooling out there. PullString is an equivalent kind of WYSIWYG app, right, for you to create that, that voice flow. Um, and the fact that Apple have acquired them is 
you, know, you would assume so that they can create voice experiences with, with in a WYSIWYG style on on Siri means that they're going to be opening up Siri. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's a really interesting space. I think there's a lot we can talk about here. Um, what do you reckon, Bob? Oh, I think it's great for the entire voice industry, not just that Apple's getting in it, but that we see uh, mergers and acquisitions happening. Uh, I think it accelerates um, the entire space. Uh, congratulations to the entire Polstering team, Oren and his team from uh, Pixar have been doing this for a long time and it's hard earned. Uh, but there's, you know, I think it, it, it really should be topic of discussion in every board meeting for so many media and voice and technology companies of how are we going to get into this? How are, are, are we going to create our own platform? I mean, when I look at um, our investor pitch deck and our exit strategy options slide, which, you know, I'm all about going IPO and investors want to know, okay, well, just in case who, who is in the space to buy you, you know, it could, it could be so many different companies out there ranging from web hosting to media. Uh, we saw Spotify by Gimlet. Well, they don't have a platform. Apple having a platform puts everybody else at risk. And I'm excited because Voice XP's been silently market testing our platform that works on Alexa, Google Assistant, Bixby, and we can export to Cortana too. And we're taking a different approach than building your own WYSIWYG conversation. So I think it's just great that that Apple's getting into the space and everybody's speculating what it could mean, but they, they haven't made any announcements. I mean, for all we know... Apple's buying them so that they can get into uh, a hardware play and, you know, build stuff for children's toys with what Pullstring has, you know, historically done. We, we just don't know. But uh, I think it shows the direction of the platforms. And I saw recently that uh, Opus Research put out something saying that conversation acceleration platforms are going to be one of the biggest things. And that's just, you know, giving people the ability to quickly and easily get into voice. And we see, in, in my perspective, you've got really easy to use uh, turnkey use cases built into a platform like Voice XP offers. And then you've got really complex uh, designing conversations and workflows with some of the other bigger platforms. Uh, and I say bigger because they, they have more feature-rich stuff. Um, I just think it's great for everybody. It's exciting time to be in voice. And I think the direction that we see is businesses, even Amazon, want to make it easier for people to build voice experiences. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you've got to have good tooling. Otherwise, you know, your developers can't create great, compelling experiences that make your platforms even better. Right. And and Amazon and Google have those already. You know, they have great platforms and your platform, obviously, as well as supporting them, um, those developers to do something exciting on those on those um, areas as well. But I think Apple have been really struggling with Siri over the years. Right. And I think, you know, it could be 
I think you're right. It could be that pull string the acquisition is just a talent acquisition. It might be that they're not actually going to do anything particularly revolutionary with Siri at all. You know, they just yet anyway, you know, they, they're just doing it to acquire that knowledge. But, you know, the um, the VP um, of uh, Siri, uh, Bill Stasior, I think that's how you pronounce his name, um, he has, has, has left, you know, after several years of heading up Apple's Siri program. Um, and John Gian... Giandria, Giandria, uh, has joined them recently from Google. Actually, he's the SVP of AI and machine learning, and he's come across, um, you know, to Apple uh, re- just recently from their program to try and make Siri, you know, match the rivals uh, that they see of Google Assistant and and Alexa. So, you know, if if he's come in and he's he's shaking things up and um, he's realizing that they've got a, a gap in their tooling capability and they've looked to pull string. Um, you know, could this mean a whole new platform for them? You know, Apple have got macOS, iOS, tvOS, watchOS. Could this be the signal, the start of SiriOS as well? So, yeah, I, it's it, it's really interesting. If Apple do something, they've got like, a what is it, a billion and a half, one and a half billion iOS devices around the world that they instantly open and unlock, plus all the CarPlay-enabled devices around the you know, in cars, which is a great use case for voice. Um, obviously, the, the tiny percentage, like 4% of HomePod users around the world, but maybe that will help that device kick off as well. Um, and then, yeah obviously opening those apis up even wider we're seeing apple music on google assistant i saw today in a news article as well just recently that's like we know apple music's coming to google assistant so yeah maybe times are changing for apple interesting stuff well they're they'll they're you can't count them out now that they made an, a, a sizable multi-million dollar investment but if listeners at home want to know what they can do to stay in tune just google siri WWDC rumors. That's a great way to find out what's coming up. Uh, another thing I saw was uh, facial recognition on the HomePod. Like that's going to be a new feature. I'd be interested to hear what they're going to do with that. I can only speculate, but you know, we got to assume Apple's not out of the voice game since they're making moves mm. and uh, everybody is excited by what they're doing now. So cool. Let's see where it goes. All right. Should we, should we wrap up this week's podcast with some Samsung news as well? We, 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 we're going through WWDC right now, which means a whole lot of the big players are announcing stuff before WWDC. So we've seen some new stuff from Samsung and I saw Huawei that, that just recently have released some, some interesting new stuff. So do we, should we talk about a little bit of that? Yeah, um, Samsung has a huge event planned for next, uh, what am I thinking? It was recently, it's February 19th. It was unpacked February 20th in San Francisco. They showed off some of their uh, new features and smartphone innovation. Um, But so check it out. I know they've got the the new S10 out there and they released some new, new commercials that are gloves off fighting with apple um i don't want to, to play them on the show but it's you know if you if you're old like me and you remember the mac versus uh guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like the same take but it's like this guy go uh, and people going to the apple store and goofing on the apple rep like well my the samsung phone can do that like why don't you guys yeah. and it's just four minutes of non-stop hilarity so i think there's a huge mobile phone war going on right now. Um, and, you know, Samsung is releasing their software development kit, uh, their IDE, 
at a rapid rate. I mean, they're putting out new versions of this thing like every two weeks with features and they're aggressively trying to uh, get businesses and brands using Bixby too. So, uh, you know, you've got Google and Google Assistant now available on mobile phones. You've got Samsung and Bixby with an even larger mobile phone footprint. You know, we've got Alexa that runs on all this stuff. Uh, Apple is making moves in the space and you can just talk to Siri. Like, I think it's the best time to be alive. It's the best time to be in voice. Oh, what do you think, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. We we don't hear an awful lot about Bixby, certainly in the UK. Um, but, you know, Samsung being the monolith, a huge, you know, market reach company that they are, they've put a button on the side of their device. They've put a Bixby button on the side. And yeah, you can remap it to anything else, but there it is by default using that assistant. And Bixby does some really interesting contextual stuff. And we know, you know, it takes a lot of work and lots of iteration and lots of hard effort and training data from an AI perspective to get these things right. And it's taken obviously Google and Amazon and, and Apple now years and years and years to get these things right. But Samsung are serious about this. And yeah, as you say, releasing those APIs shows and re- continual, continually you know, developing that stuff as well um, is absolutely core to creating something viable with Bixby. So I'd love to see another player. You know, I'd love to see a fourth player in this market do something serious. I think, you know, uh, Microsoft have kind of tried with Cortana and I think their strategy of using third party vendors to create hardware like Harman Kardon to release speakers has kind of not played out quite as they expected, I don't think. And obviously the market share of Cortana isn't anywhere near the others. Um, So maybe they've kind of resigned themselves to that now. But Samsung with Bixby could definitely do something really interesting. Um, And uh, there's definitely room in the market for a a fourth player right now. But yeah, it's totally, it's such an amazing time to be be in tech. um, And specifically, just such a nascent time to be in voice. This, This feels to me exactly like that time where people went, why do I need a mobile app? I've got a website, right? And then people very quickly realize why they need a mobile app because of retention and quality of experience and all the other various reasons, right? Um, we are there with voice right now. And this is a great opportunity for you to get on board and, and capture mind share with something on one of these platforms. Um, so yeah, get on the train or you'll be left on the station. So I keep saying to people. That's right. And if you want to do that, just visit uh, our website to learn more, voicexp.com. Craig, what's yours? And in the UK, it's a studio-flow.co.uk for all your voice design needs. Cool, man. All right, let's yep. let's wrap it up there. It's been a great show. We've covered so much stuff. Um, and I know I've loved it. And uh, we've got a little teaser for, for your next discussion next week on biometric stuff. And there'll be a whole load of new stories as well that we can cover as well. So thank you for listening from Bob and myself. Have a great time and we'll speak to you soon.